Welcome to the Self-Care Project podcast, where we talk about all things health and wellness. As coaches, moms, and athletes, we share what has worked for us and our clients, as well as our struggles. We are passionate about being real as women, moms, and professionals, and helping others live healthy lives through sustainable habits. Our mission is to help more people see self-care is not selfish. All right. Hey, you guys, I am Stacey and I'm here with my co-host Casey. And today we are talking about how to get your family to eat healthier without food shaming or creating unhealthy eating patterns. Um, I know that you guys, if you are, if you are a child born in the 1980s or around that time, then you're probably familiar with Weight Watchers diet, the Special K diet, uh, sugar busters, Adkins, Casey, help me out here. Like what, what were some of the crazy, I mean, those aren't even the crazy ones. <laughs> they really aren't. I mean, like I listen, I'll give, sometimes I give weight watchers its due diligence. I know a lot of people that it's worked for, but I can remember even myself in high school, like 1982 here, um, yeah. buying all the special K things whenever they came out like wanting yes. the special K bars, like all of this stuff. And then, cause I had no idea. I had no idea. And at one point when I was young, my mom worked for a company called Nutrisystem and they actually are still around. And yeah, yes. um, when you look at the, like buying packaged processed food, sure. Like it worked for people but it didn't work once they stopped spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on this food that people were basically packaging for them. And so like, there was definitely all this influx of all of these ways to diet and lose weight, but nobody was being taught any actual real life skill in how to eat properly. Right. Well, and I'll tell you, you know, I mentioned in the last podcast. So part of what I do for the U S Navy is that I, um, work with military members who are struggling to reach their, their, um, weight that's required for the military. And two of the programs that they are authorized to use are actually Weight Watchers and Nutrisystem. And that's because they are scientific, scientifically based or scientifically, um, they have a scientific approach. So, and they're really, they're just using a deficit, right? So you're recording what you're mm -hmm. eating, you're putting yourself into a calorie deficit. The the thing with a lot of this stuff with the special K diet, with Weight Watchers, or not with Weight Watchers, but special K diet in particular, or with Atkins and Sugar Busters is you're really just creating this, this food shaming, this, you know, if it's not a low calorie or a low fat thing, or if it's not a um, pre-packaged thing, like you said, we're not teaching people how to eat real whole foods. And, you know, that can really be a problem for a lot of people. Like you said, when they start to transition out of this, how do you maintain your weight loss when you're not eating a special K bar? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's, I mean, we kind of talk about this. This is, this is basically what we do is teaching healthy habits and, you know, having that building that relationship around with your food to where your food is working for you and with you. And that it doesn't, we're not treating ourselves or shaming ourselves um, with our food choices. Yeah. So hopefully our generation doesn't just completely ruin the, the whole mindset around food and that we really start to kind of repair our relationship with food. And so that when, you know, think about my girls, 
and we've had some really tough conversations about, Hey, you know, it's really hard for me to see you doing this, this, and this, and, and being able to, to work with them to repair their relationship with food. Yeah, it's hard, especially I feel like, I mean, across the board, kids in general, but like, let's be honest, it's a little bit more of a sticky situation when it comes with to girls. It is that culture. It is, you know, young, young boys and men are just not berated the way women are when it comes to food and nutrition, when it comes to body image. I mean, my gracious, you know, it's like we're praising the dad bod, but then we want women to look like they've never had a child when they've had two or three kids. So it's, it's not, we are right. not six, on a level six weeks field. after having a baby. No. Yes. Like, why are nope. you not back into your jeans yet? I mean, like it's, it's real. We're not, we're just not on the same playing field with this, but it's tricky when you have kids. And I think for you and I, and for it's, we have to be a little bit more careful because we do know what we know and we do help people find that balance. And we really have to, it's our responsibility to model and help our children do the same thing without it being them interpreting it as we're trying to control them. We're trying to make them feel bad. Right. Because like, especially when you get into that teenage girl phase, you know, you most of the time can't do anything right. And so we're here trying to be helpful. They're basically like, you don't accept me and you don't do whatever it is. And so it's, it's really hard um, to find that balance, but it's also very, very, very necessary, you know, and listen, my kids see me eat a lot of different stuff. Like we eat out, like that is sometimes more than what I want. Um, but we try to have whole conversations about whole foods and the importance of that. We eat what we like and what we feel like eating sometimes, you know, but I'll be honest, most of my battle when it comes to trying to help my children find balance and, and at least start having develop an understanding, you know, is lies within their dad. He (laughs) is like a teenage boy and a garbage disposal, like just whatever and eats whatever. And it makes me crazy because where it's like, he can be deployed and we can get into this routine. He comes home and it's like, you know, he's bringing home bags of like Doritos and all of the things. And I'm like, Right. So I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here for a second, because, you know, so first of all, I I work primarily with men for, so for those of you who are listening, you know, the military still, while we are very um, accepting of having females in all of our, in all of our positions, right. We definitely still have, it is a majority of a male workforce. And so the majority of people that I'm working with are men and you would be surprised. They really kind of are the silent victim here because they are not so vocal about their struggles with their weight. They're not, they're not very vocal about their struggles with food and disordered eating and body dysmorphia, but it is still there. And I am seeing with men, especially you know, men who are starting to get into their middle ages, into their thirties and forties, that they're really struggling with body fat, but they are also struggling with this, this whole less is more mindset where we are, 
we are taking away food and we are um, constantly restricting, but then they're also putting these labels onto their foods. And, and is this because, you know, at, at this point, middle-aged, the majority of them are married and they're being influenced by their spouses who their partners who, you know, for the most part are, are female. And, you know, is that, is that part of it? I, I don't know, but you know, you really do see it. But then I think of somebody like your husband and, you know, being deployed. So I've been deployed before I've been on a ship before and being deployed, it's like being stuck at fat camp or being stuck (laughs) at camp period where all the food sucks. And, you know, you're, I tell you, I will never, ever, ever, ever eat a Cornish hen or eat shepherd's pie again for the rest of my life. I don't ever want to see it. But you come off of the ship after, I mean, these guys are gone anywhere between four to eight to 10 months. And, this is all you've had. And I'll tell you when you get towards the end of that deployment and your the choices get slim, you're eating the same thing. So I could totally relate to that. It's like, it's almost like coming off a super restrictive diet and then walking into, you know, the fast food Mecca because they have all the great things, you know, and we have this little pocket of America on our military bases where you can go get Popeyes and you can get Cinnabon and, and, you know, what is it? Uh, China Express or Panda Panda Express. Express. Oh my goodness. Well, it's funny that you (laughs) say that because like I when like usually for us with the kids and stuff, you know, because sometimes there's times in our schedules and like we like I said, I don't like to eat out a lot, like primarily because it doesn't make me feel good. Um, but you know, schedules sometimes it just is what it is, right? And so I but I always tell the kids like a couple of weeks leading up to knowing that they're coming home, we really bring it home for food because I'm like, listen, your dad's going to come home. He's been stuck on the boat. He is going to want all of the things that he's not been able to have. And Japanese has exactly. phenomenal food. And so it's like, we, it's kind of like my way of like kind of prepping for us. I'm like, we're going to eat at home. Dad's coming home next week. You're going to get your fill of things. But it's funny because at this stage of the game, it's kind of like they know how to adjust to their expectations for like when dad is home and when he's not home. And, right. you know, and it's like we have this moment where he comes home and it's like all of this, like letting dad fill up on all of the things he's been missing. And then, OK, and now it's time to bring food back home and eat at home and have family dinners around the table because that is something that we still do. But, um, but yeah, it's interesting. Um, just the ebb and flow of our eating habits. Okay. Yeah. So with, you know, with them coming home, this is kind of like the point of our whole podcast here with, with them coming home, you are drastically changing how they eat from not, I mean, not, maybe not drastically, but they know there's a difference. Right. And, you know, you and I both had a conversation with a friend of ours who is vegan and who is also a very health conscious person and was frustrated with trying to get her kids to eat in a way that she felt like was healthy. And, you know, either not having the support of your spouse or not having the support of your children or them just not understanding or just simply. So then you kind of, she was talking about how she would even has this, now her kids have put a label on her. They just know that whatever mom fixes is not going to be good. She's going to hide some vegetables <laughs> in there, or do something. Um, so that's kind of what we're talking about today. Like as we start to repair our relationship with food, how can we continue to repair that relationship with food and still get our kids to eat healthy without them revolting, right? Um, so Casey and I had four suggestions for you guys. 
to try these things out and see what you thought. And the first one was just to model good eating habits. And this doesn't really mean not not eating or eliminating food groups or not ever going out to dinner or anything like that. It just shows, show your children what a good food relationship looks like. And this just means maybe working on your relationship with food initially so that you, you do know what that looks like and have a better understanding of what healthy actually looks like. And, you know, healthy, I had some friends who joked, a long time ago that pop tarts are vegetarian you guys they're vegetarian so <laughs> you can't be a vegetarian you can't eliminate a food group you can't eliminate protein and expect or eliminate meat and just consider that to be healthy like healthy is a broader term than that yeah for sure you know and listen my kids know like they don't see me consume a lot of sugar and And it's because like, that's just an adjustment that I've made a long time ago, because I know how my body feels when I consume that. And it doesn't, it doesn't like it, you know, and it's, it's not something that is a priority for me, but it doesn't mean that I don't still enjoy stuff from time to time, but they definitely have watched me learn and eat things in moderation And we have conversations about it, especially with my girls, you know, my girls are athletes, they swim. And so we have to have that conversation about why it's important that they are just mindful of what it is that they're eating. I mean, they're burning a whole lot of calories. They swim for an hour and a half, five days a week, you know? And so it's like, I'm not overly concerned with what they're eating as far as like the calorie content and all of that kind of stuff, because they are burning a whole lot of calories every single week, you know, and at some point they've got to be eating enough to sustain their energy level so that they can perform, you know, but it's just that matter of, of just being very intentional with it and showing them because at the end of the day, they are, if you're, if we're not showing them, then they're not learning it. Exactly. And, um, we'll get to talking about like the, the power of food in a moment, but, um, you know, really when it comes down to it and you kind of touch on this, the second tip is just not to worry so much about what they eat at the end of the day. It's not the end of the world. If John eats a pop tart and listen, you guys take it from me. And I, I really hope that she's listening, but I was the queen of no junk in the house and they will find it and they will eat it. And even if it means sneaking into Aunt Lisa's pantry and shoving wrappers into the couch, like it, it will happen. And, you know, that was when I first started to see that, you know, I was creating this kind of warped sense of what healthy was. And my kids were ready to get out of my house and find junk food and eat the foods that their kid, you know, that their friends were eating. And I to this day, Harley still reminds me how I wouldn't buy her the yogurt with Oreos in it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I bought, I bought you Groger and froze it and made you eat it as ice cream. I don't know. <laughs> That's so funny. So, I mean, here's, I don't keep a lot of junk food in my house, but for a couple of reasons, I will buy snacks from time to time, but I always almost immediately regret it just because like you said, wrappers, the wrappers and the trash end up all over my house. Like my kids have missed somehow this concept of a trash can and I can't wrap my brain around it. I am like, go put it in the trash. Like there are multiple options for trash cans. Like I don't understand 
why it is so difficult to take your trash and put it in the trash can where it belongs. So like that's generally, honestly, that's like my number one thing, if not buying a bunch of junk processed packaged foods, because I get sick and tired of the, the packages laying all over my house. But I also don't buy a lot because at the end of the day, I've, I watch my kids and if I keep fresh fruit and veggies that they like chopped up and ready in the fridge, they, that's what they eat. They don't ask for the junk food, you know, because it's not there and it's not, it's not really something they miss. Now, are they getting snacks like packaged snacks when they go over to a friend's house and things like that? Yeah. From time to time. But for a lot of my kids, like, my middle one, especially most of the time her friends are coming over here and let me, <laughs> she had to sleep over one time. And she's like, mom, can you like actually get some like snacks for the house? She's like, you know, because she had two friends coming over. One was PCSing and she's like, one of her little friends was like, you don't ever have any food in your house. And I'm like, oh no, we have plenty of food. I have a refrigerator full of food. What they want is the giant Costco size boxes of chocolate and chips and the things that are in their house. And no, I don't keep those things in our house. Yes, they are allowed to have them on occasion and everything else. But what I've learned is when I have the other stuff available, the fruit, the berries, the apples, the carrots, the peppers, whatever it is, the cucumbers, especially, they will eat those things. And so nine times out of 10, when they walk into the kitchen, all they're wanting is food. They're hungry. So whatever food exactly. is in there, as long as there is food in there, they are content. Right. And so this kind of leads me into the third thing too, and um, is to allow them to make food, make choices, but be open to talking about how certain foods make their body feel. And, you know, I had, you have a choice. Here's some Here's some snacks that you can choose from in the refrigerator. Here's some snacks that you can choose from in the pantry. Give them a choice. It could just be a healthy choice. Or, you know, if you're going to have these other foods that may may want to have more sparingly, then at least have them with something that, you know, with some fresh fruit or something like that. Uh, But talk about how it makes your body feel. You touched on this in the, when we were talking about the first thing about how you stopped having so much processed sugar in your foods because, or adding sugar or having sugary foods because of how it made you feel. I normally don't eat a lot of, I don't eat a lot of bread or pasta. I love potatoes. So don't, I'm not talking about no carbs. Um, and I love vegetables, but I don't normally tend to eat a lot of those things. But while I'm training in my training now, I am trying to get as many carbohydrates into my body as possible in the fastest way possible. So without my body having to do a lot of work. So that means taking a handful of jelly beans and eating them. 15 minutes before I go for a run. Right. And it may mean having a big glass of orange juice or a Gatorade after to make sure that I'm replenishing those glycogen stores. But, you know, talking, having that conversation with your kids about, Hey, did you swim really, really fast when you ate a handful of jelly beans before you popped in, in, before you hop into the pool? But if you had those before you went to bed, maybe you didn't sleep really well. Were you really hot when you were sleeping? Did you, you know, toss and turn all night? Did you have a hard time falling asleep? And those types of things, you know, when my oldest daughter would eat things like that, it would literally make her nauseous. She would eat too much sugar and she would get sick. And so, you know, we had to have that conversation about, Hey, it's okay. If you want to have a fruit roll up, but at least have it with something else that, you know, it's, 
is going to kind of balance out that sugar, right? Instead of having five fruit roll-ups, because that's the only way that it makes you feel satisfied, have one fruit roll-up, you know, with a sandwich, right? So it just really kind of, you know, those are, those are powerful observations for your kids to make. And they're kind of making, when they can make those observations about how they feel and then be able to make choices based on those observations, it really gives them a sense of control and power over their own choices. And that is a remarkable thing to see in your kids. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said before, like we talk a lot about, I wouldn't say a lot, but we talk consistently about food choices and performance and sleep quality and all of those things. The other thing for me, and maybe for several of our listeners, is that I've got two kiddos that are on a medication to help manage their ADHD symptoms. So for for a lot of it and food choices and snack choices, it comes down to also acknowledging the impact that nutrition has on on ADHD because it, it absolutely does. And food additives and the dyes and things like that, like there is a ton of research out there, you know, but my kids also spend a whole lot of time outside sometimes too much because I'm almost to the point where it's like, if they want to go outside and play and maybe we haven't finished a full day of schoolwork, I see a lot of value to me. There's a lot of value in getting outside and getting the energy out, you know, and it's really important for me that I don't stifle their want and their need to be outside versus inside, especially on a screen, which is also, that's a whole different thing. But, you know, it's important for me and for our family, whenever we got, you know, we started living um, with ADHD in our family and having to try to manage that food choices become really important when you've got something like that going on, because what you're eating absolutely can impact behavior. And we see it more so with Spencer, with he is hyperactive ADHD. So there's, we we're starting to have those conversations. Like when I, when certain things are bought where, when I'm reading the label and I'm like, we, you know, we can't have that. You can't have that. And it's almost the kid loves cereal, but literally almost every single cereal has the food additives in it that really are not ideal for him to have as we're trying to teach him and help him manage his impulsivity and behavior and things like that. So, I mean, there's just a lot of different things that you have to take into consideration. You just have to figure out how, what your family's immediate and direct needs are, and then work on with your kids in creating a sustainable plan. Right. Okay. So that just rolls right into number four, which was to allow your kids to participate in shopping and meal planning. Um, so my girls were notorious for coming home with lunch boxes full of food or ending the semester with a huge balance on their meal card. I remember after we, cause we had moved from, I think we were in Hawaii at the time and Chloe had expressed that she would like to eat lunch at school. And I go to cash out her lunch thing and there was like $80 on her lunch account. And I was like, where is this coming from? Well, it was because she, she didn't like what they were having or she had to wait too long to get there. And so what I noticed after that, and after having the conversation with the girls, like, Hey, why is the sandwich and these carrot sticks still in your lunchbox at the end of the day? What did you eat? Why aren't you eating this? And allowing them to have a little bit of contribution into what they were having, what snacks they were choosing. Again, it kind of goes back to having those choices, but allowing them to make their own sandwiches and have, you know, create their own meals. It's like, all right, here's a checklist of things that need to go in there. You need to have a protein. You need to have some vegetables. Uh, you need to have um, protein, fats, and carbs, right? So put some nuts, mm -hmm. put some fruit, 
put some protein in there, but those are your choices. And here's the things that you have to choose from. And, you know, this could be having them choose things at the grocery store, having them help you with meal planning and meal prepping, things like that. But having an an investment from your kids in the actual process helps them just be more invested period, right? You, you have some buy-in when you helped make the choice. If you decided that you wanted to have, I don't know, spaghetti for dinner tonight, that's really what I wanted last night. (laughs) And I ended up, we're trying so desperately to eat some of the things at our house. And, um, I, all I wanted was spaghetti in this gluten-free baguette that's in my refrigerator that I've been saving. And if you know anything about gluten-free bread, you know, that it is insanely ridiculously expensive and we do not have access to it here. So when my daughter came to visit, she brought me a suitcase full of gluten-free bread items. And so I have been hoarding them, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that's all I wanted was spaghetti. But if I, if I knew that that was what I wanted and I was involved in planning that I was involved in, in shopping for it and preparing it, all of those things, then I am more inclined to eat it and enjoy it because I was involved in the process. I love that so much. And anytime we're going to the Costco the Costco going to Costco or the commissary. And it's really like a let's it's time to like kind of restock everything. I, I make it a point to ask the kids, Hey, we we're going to Costco. We're going grocery shopping. What is it specifically that you guys would like? You know, um, is there anything specific that you would like for lunches this week? Cause obviously we do lunch at home, you know, what about dinners and get their input on it? Because what is what the other thing in planning for that too, especially if you're trying to be more budget, friendly is when you do that and you take that time and you're, you have a plan for the week. I get a lot less grief about eating at home whenever they have had some input on what it is exactly that we're going to be eating. Spencer still like, he just constantly wants to eat out. Like he never wants to eat at home. Doesn't matter what he has. Doesn't, it makes no difference. So it's like, whatever, but you know, we do eat a lot of our meals at home. So it's important that whenever I'm making things, that it's that I'm making things that they want, you know, and so it's and I can make them the stuff that they want and still tie in the things that they need. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It's not what they need versus what they want. It's being able to like you said, it's bringing it all together because, you know, Spencer loves chicken nuggets. And I keep telling myself, like, I need to find a recipe to make them something that he would like that's made at home and not the bag. But sometimes that's just what we do, you know, but I'm going to put that with vegetables and we're going to have fresh fruit on the plate and we're going to, it's going to be a whole meal. It's not just going to be a plate of chicken nuggets, you know, with the exorbitant amount of ketchup that he eats with him, you know, so it's bringing them into (laughs) the process, you know, and it's really funny when I ask the kids, like, what is it that you'd like to have this week? They're not, they're, they, it's almost like, especially the girls, they, they kind of have, they have an understanding now And, you know, they're picking things that are like, you know, oh, we want taco bowls or there's this creamy mushroom lasagna that I make that's actually a vegan. It uses a cashew cream sauce. And Ryan's really been asking me for that. And I just haven't been able to get all the things that I need for it. But they're asking for these things that they've had that are not necessary, that are actually good for them. And they're well-balanced meals. And And we've done that because they've never grown up with me being a short order cook. Like, I make dinner. I make something that I know you like. There may be some stuff in there that you don't like, but you are going to have to try it and you're going to have to keep trying it. And so 
there was like one summer when we lived in Japan before that, like we, the girls and I went through this whole process and it really opened them up to a lot of extra other foods that I was even surprised with some of the stuff that they liked. So I think sometimes we as parents automatically make an assumption that our kid isn't going to like something without giving them the fair chance to try it themselves and make the choice themselves. Exactly. And so it's important that you just have to keep introducing it. And parents, for those of you who have like really, really picky kids and you can get them to eat like three things. I, I, I am fortunate that like, I've never experienced it with a child and I really feel for you because it would be super incredibly difficult, but just keep, just keep doing it. Just keep introducing things at some point, their palate will change. Yes. And you know, here's the thing too. And you were talking about, um, we're talking about like the kids going in and, and trying recipes and looking for things that sound good to them, things that they may not try normally eating different types of food, like different ethnic foods. You know, there's a lot of things that I have one kid who loves Indian food, one kid who hates Indian food. We went to Thailand. I had one kid who hates Thai food. And so she ate pad Thai every single day we were there, <laughs> but it's, it's okay. Um, but you know, when these two went off on their own and they went to college, it was like, they never missed a beat. Right. So I've got one who's on Pinterest. She's making breakfast burritos and meal prepping breakfast burritos every day so that she has food to eat. She was you know, making, they were making good choices when they went through the, the food line on campus. And so I really feel like even though we struggled with some of these things with them growing up, that it really just is a learning process. And it, you know, it, nutrition and fitness and nutrition is an ever evolving science. And you have to remember that and have to remember that a lot of times when you just stick to the basics and you think about how you would want your children to eat. And if you eat like that, then nine times out of 10, you're making the healthier choices for yourself as well. And that's something that we kind of miss out on. And that's just, if you wouldn't feed it to your eight-year-old then why would you eat it yourself? If you wouldn't tell your eight-year-old not to eat bread, then why would you not eat bread? <laughs> right. right? We're all humans. We're just in a bigger package. Uh, so, <laughs> but anyhow, I hope that you guys have enjoyed this. I hope that you guys get something out of this again. You know, like Casey said, we understand that there are picky children out there. Just keep offering it, keep having the things around. And, you know, at the end of the day, don't put so much pressure on yourself. It really is not the end of the day. If your kid wants to eat a pop dart or if they want to eat y'all, my favorite cereals, Lucky Charms, I'll tell you. <laughs> Like it's bad. I see Casey. I see Casey cringing now. She's like, "Oh my gosh, look at red dot number forty in your ADHD." Yeah. I'm sure it's terrible, but uh, you know, it just it is again. It's not the end of the world if it makes up, you know, your twenty percent, right? We're we're in that balance of of an eighty twenty. I Casey, I'll tell on you and you and your Taco Bell, right? Uh, Listen, I love me some Taco up, Bell tacos. <laughs> that makes up 20% or less of the choices that you're making. And, you know, same for me, it's like the majority of the time I am eating vegetables and lean meats and things like that. I am not eating Starburst jelly beans and Lucky Charms 80% of the time. So just keep that in mind when you're thinking about your kids too, that you are not going to ruin them just because you allow them to eat some things that maybe a little more processed or whatever, just cut yourself some slack sister. Yeah. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, just like we tell, just like we tell new moms, right. Fed is best at the end of the day, 
you are going to have to concede on some of these things. If you do have a really picky kid or you like for me, like Spencer, it's really important. We maintain his weight. He's really thin. He's over seven years old. He's still only 50 pounds and he's on a medication that is a known appetite suppressant. So when he wants to eat yep. and when he wants to snack, he is allowed to eat and snack. And so I, I mean, I don't have, you just have to be, it has to fit your circumstances, you know, and kids need fuel. They burn a lot of energy all of the time. So it's fine. It's fine. Exactly. Um, and again, if you guys are interested in hearing more about nutrition, you know, Casey and I definitely take two different approaches when it comes to nutrition. We have two different angles and both of us, like foundationally, we believe in pretty much the same thing, but if you wanted to reach out to either one of us, our uh, contact information is in the show notes. We hope you guys enjoyed and that's it for today. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Check the show notes for details. And as always, you can connect with us on Instagram at self-care project podcast. If you're interested in joining us or there's something you want to hear about, please send us a DM. You can find me at caseystevens.com or on Instagram at caseystevenswellness. You can find me at stacygartner.com or on Instagram at stacygartner. Everything else is linked in the show notes. Take care and stay healthy, you guys.